Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. <laughs> I, I, think, I think today, uh, in, in today's society, maintaining good friendships is actually quite hard. I don't know if you ask someone how they're doing, uh, I think usually the answer that I give or that maybe you give is a combination of good and busy, like good but busy, or yeah, busy but yeah, okay, still good. So it's, it's always a combination of those two things, and I think because life can be quite busy, like the pace of life is quite high, um, it can be quite difficult to maintain good friendships. Uh, but we all know that it's, it's very important to have people that you can lean on and that you can trust. So that's why I think it's great that we're doing a, a series uh, on this topic uh, called Friendships. So maybe, do you want to say something? Yes. Okay. Because you know I'll just keep on going. You're such a talker. Well, so Louis, after my question, I'll let you talk. Thanks. Yeah, for a short bit. Yep. So what is, what is important in a friendship for you? Um, I think for me, in a, in a friendship, um, uh, there should be a level of trust. You should be able to, to talk. I like, I like talking. I think it's way easier to do friendship in a small circle than I like the small circle. Not, I like the big gathering as well, but I like coming together with two or three guys and, and really being able to talk. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so I, I like the, the fact that if, you, if there's confidence, there needs to be trust. Uh, you need to be able to talk well. You need to want to spend time with each other. And uh, I think, uh, lastly, you need to have fun. You need to be able to have fun. I think if you ever watch any YouTube videos online, you know, it's always guys doing crazy stuff. Yes. Like most of the only reason why we have a, a thing like fail movies or epic fails is because guys are crazy when you put a bunch of guys together. They're bound to do some stupid stuff at some point in the evening. So, yeah. Is it true that you, with your friends, this is not, I didn't prepare this, but you, that you made that lasagna, like that? Yeah, do you know the epic meat lasagna? Does everyone, anyone know the epic meat lasagna? It's so crazy. I Only guys do that because girls eat salad. Well, not me, <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah, so I was, aw I was away with a couple of friends uh, for three days, and um, we, we did a barbecue on the first day, but as you do, we bought way too much meat so like we had spare ribs and we had burgers and we had sausages. You know, just sausages like everything that you buy for for a good barbecue uh, but we had so many so much leftover uh, so the next day we decided to build an epic meat lasagna with all the <laughs> all the meat that we had left over and there was like 10 of us so there was so it's a whole lot of meat so we built like a, an epic meat lasagna with steaks and Hamburgers and sausages. Only men will do that. Yep. Yes, That's only men. Do. Only men. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. You still, you're still alive. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> so, so what would you find important in friendships? Well, there are several things uh, I find important. All the things you said. Including think, the epic meat lasagna. Uh, yeah. Fun. Including yeah. the fun. <laughs> okay. uh, girls also likes to have fun, right? Yay. <laughs> Other kind of fun. But um, I also really believe that it's really important to know like, what kind of friendships you have in your life. And um, um, when we were preparing this, I was thinking about uh, 
the, the story that's in Mark 2, and Pastor Steve also shared it with us uh, last week. And it's about the paralyzed man and, and his friends, actually. Yeah. Um, so this paralyzed man, he, um, he, they put him on a, on a bed, and they knew that Jesus was in town in this house and having a gathering, but it was so crowded. And so these friends were thinking, they were men, yeah. They were thinking, what, (laughs) and men do crazy stuff, yes. What can we do to reach Jesus so our friend gets healed? So they made a hole in the roof and lowered him in front of Jesus' feet. I mean, only men do that, firstly. (laughs) And crazy friends. So these friends, they fought for their paralyzed friends because they knew that Jesus could heal him and I really believe that having good friendships is so valuable and important because you have to have friends that will fight for you you have to have friends that will go the extra mile for you and um, there's this African prophet it says like if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go further go together something like that and I really believe that you know, because so on your own, when you're isolated, you can, like, not wait. When you're alone, you can go faster, yes. But is that fun? I don't think so. Because if you're alone, you can be isolated of community, of God, of everything. It's easy to live alone because you don't get hurt. But yeah. why should you do that? So I just want to encourage you to be in a community, to be in a group, to have a group so of good. friends. So you're not alone. You're not isolated. And the second thing is be in a community, be in a friendship, be in a group, because these people will point you to God. That's my yeah. second uh, important thing, um, that, that your friends will point you to God. So in, when, when it's all fun times and everything and all, all is good, it's easy to, f- to forget God and like, you know, just and praise God like for all the good, good things. But if things are like bad things are happening, you, you need someone to point you to God because sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just here in my room alone and crying. But if you have a good friend... He, he or she will say, hey, let's pray. Let's, this is a Bible scripture that will encourage you. And God is still good in this circumstance. So that's also important, that your friends will point you to God. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yes. So if you bring that all together, it's being able to have good conversations. Yes. Being able to trust each other, have fun, have a laugh. Have crazy friends uh, have crazy who will friends. go for you, who will fight for you. They have friends who fight for you and have friends that believe for you and yes. point you to Jesus. Yes. In the first service, you also shared like, um, yeah. that, the, that the, the paralyzed man, he yeah. didn't have faith for himself, but his friends had faith for him. Yeah. So that's really important. So if you know if one of your friends is going through something, have faith for them that they yeah. will see a breakthrough because so it's super powerful. So good. It's so, so good to know that you can actually believe on behalf of your friends. Yes. Sometimes because we believe for our friends that, you know, God can move. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So if you would look at the types of friendships that we have, because we don't just have friends inside of church or it's, it's quite a broad spectrum. I think that's for me, for all of us, you don't have one type of friend. 
mm. who is thankful for the fact that they don't have yeah. just one type of friend, but usually it's, it's a whole palais of, of yeah. different friends. Maybe can you explain a bit what types of friendships we have? So we've got long-time friends, like our high school friends, and I've got one of my, one of my friends, I know her for 25 years or something. We're that old. Um, uh, yeah, who I know from my former church, and we've got high school friends, and we've got also like friends from church, but also our colleague friends who like to hang out with and, I don't know, do bottles with, you know, as you do in the Netherlands. And, um, yeah, and like seasonal friends also that you work with or you hang out with just for a season. Yeah. So, for example, my study friends, I, I, when I see them, I'll say hi, we're friendly, but it's not like we're tight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't see them that often anymore. No. Maybe if I go to Utrecht, because I used to study in Utrecht. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. Anymore. So it's yeah. a, quite a broad spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I th and I think that's. I think what Intan's saying is uh, is already that uh, some friendships um, are maybe intense in this season, and some friendship might might be a little bit intense this season. I think it's okay to understand that sometimes friendships are for a season. Yeah. Right. So, so uh, it's not a. It's not a friendship. Is not a marriage. You don't enter into a covenant saying, okay, from now on until death do us part, we have to stay friends. It's not like that. Some friends are with you for a season, and it's a lot of fun, yeah. but you, may, you might relocate, they might relocate, they might just have different priorities, and I think that should be fine. Yeah. I think sometimes we put expectations on everything that we do in life, like we should be excellent at our work, we should be excellent at our social life, uh, we should eat healthy. We should work out three or four times a week. We should work on our uh, mental uh, health and, and all of that. And we place really high expectations on everything that yeah. we do. Uh, so it's high on expectation on ourselves, but also high expe expectations on others. Yeah. Right? So, and I, I don't think that that's always the most healthy thing to do. Because we want to live an inclusive life. Yeah. That, that, that's what we want. We want to live an inclusive life. And at, at some point, you just reach max capacity if you have to give everyone an hour of your week oh, or two man. hours of your week. It's just not possible. You don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You would burn out in a week. Yeah, so, so you've got to be a bit realistic with your friendships and just enjoy the moments that you have. Yeah. Um, so some of... Uh, yesterday, for example, I have a couple of friends that I've known for uh, over 20 years as, as well. Um, and I used to spend a lot of time with them, uh, like see each other on a daily basis. And, and, and now we don't see each other every week anymore. But yesterday I did a half marathon with a friend that I've known for 20 years. Um, so, so we spent a part of the day together, and it was actually really nice. We drove there together. We did the run. Uh, I think the first 10 kilometers, we, we even ran together, and then he took off. <laughs> and, uh, and then after the half marathon, we went for pancakes and, and, and had a lot of fun. And it was a great, it was really a great moment in the day because we had a great conversation, a couple of great conversations. We had fun. Like, we, we worked for something together. It was like a mission. Like, let's, let's do this half marathon. And that was great, but it's not like that friendship is, um, we're not, he's not here in church with me, uh, we, we're not in the same profession, uh, we share actually very little, beside maybe the fact that we like sports and that we've had a long relationship in terms of he's a good friend. Yeah. Um, so we shouldn't have the expectation <laughs> on each other that we have to spend time every week, yeah. um, but we enjoy the moments that we have. And, yeah. And we also have friends, uh, uh, the pastors of, of City of the Hague, Pastor uh, uh, Lucas and Nicola. We were on a mission together when they were here in Amsterdam. They used to be youth pastors here 
in C3M. So, I mean, we were on a mission together. Like, we worked together. We had fun together. Often on Friday evening, we would go to their house. Just before we started dating, we would go to their house, watch a movie. Often Sipka would be there as well, and we'd have fun. And, and that was actually a really good friendship. Yeah. Um, but the fact now is that they're in The Hague building church. We're here building church. We live here. They live there. And we don't, we, we get, you just get to see each other less. Um, and, and you just, I think, need to appreciate the fact that sometimes you need to enjoy the friendships that you have now. Yeah. You need to invest in the friends that you have now, yeah. but also not hold on too tightly and know that it might change in the future. Yeah. And that's okay. That's actually okay. Yeah. 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 True. So um, if we're talking about, I think one of the things, one of the reasons when we've talked to Pastor Steve about talking now mm. is that some is that he's seen uh, in our lives that sometimes you have to fight for friendship, right? Yeah. Friendships aren't always easy, and it's nice to enjoy the fun moments in life, yeah. and it's nice to enjoy the good conversation. But sometimes a real you, you only know who you can count on when the when the when the going gets rough, right? Yeah. Like sometimes we need a good friend that just steps up and is there for for you. Yeah. Uh, I think we all we all have been through seasons where we've just needed a good friend yeah. uh, to be on our side, and and. Can you maybe share a little of how we try to be those types of friends that people can rely on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you need to be a friend that kicks the other one in the, in the yep. back. Yeah. Sometimes you need yes. to be that friend as well. Yes. Yep. So um, I believe that relationships are always hard work, also in marriage. <laughs> no. Mostly fun. Mostly fun. Oh, come on, Dave. No, it's a lot of fun. 90% is fun and 10% is like, yep. Annoying. Mm -hmm. So yep. every, also in your family, you know, you have to fight for your relationship. So when, with my mom, for example, yesterday I hung out with her and my grandma because my grandma just moved. But I, I have to, you have to spend time and work for it. Also in yeah. friendship, you have to spend time and work for it. It's, it's not just like, oh, yeah, I'm friends and then you just do nothing. But it's hard work. It's hard work. And sometimes, Pastor Lisby also shared, like, um, sometimes you give 30%, sometimes you give, and the other one gives 70, and sometimes the other way around. And yes, I, I do believe so. Because sometimes I have to give, like, 70% in my friendship, and my other friend, she's, like, chilling. Or she is just having a hard time where she can only give 30%. Um, and that's fine. And the first thing what we always do f for our friends is pray for them. Because yeah, I really believe that pray, you, you can't be there every week. You can't see them every week, right? But you can pray for them yeah. every day. Come on. And, and the, the power of prayer is super powerful. Yeah. That's what we know, right? Um, so praying for your friends is super important. And when you pray for your friends, just let them know. Yeah. Hey, I'm praying for you. I prayed for your job. I prayed for your family or whatever yeah. they're going through or whatever God is uh, telling you to pray about. Just pray for them and let them know so they know that you carry them in prayer. Yeah. And the second thing we do is uh, use our um, gifts um, to bless our friends. Yeah. So um, we try to send cards on the birthdays and anniversaries or text messages or video through WhatsApp. That's your gift because you're thoughtful. Yeah. Well, I usually forget. I, I write your name on it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's a really small thing to do, but it's, it, it's letting them know that you think about them. Yeah. And that's the second thing we do. And your gift is cooking. I like 
I can cook, but mm, I like it sometimes. I only cook for a group, so uh, yeah. So and you cook always cook a lot. So sometimes when we know uh, one of our friends are sick or they just had a baby or whatever, we just come stop by and bring some food so they don't have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you have a baby, just let us know. We'll cook yeah, for yeah. you. We'll <laughs> go buy some food. Yeah. <laughs> or we buy some food. Um, and the other thing we do, um, so, so some of our friends have kids, we just take the kids out for ice cream or I remember Ferry called us, our second child is coming, yeah, yeah. come over. Yeah. <laughs> so we spent some time with Ayla and put her to bed. No, we didn't put her to bed. She was already in bed and yeah. they rushed to the hospital and we were just there. Yeah. And those are like small gestures for, for your friends, but it's so valuable because yeah. they feel appreciated and they get the attention. And, and, and you, in the first service, you said something about attention and maybe you can share it again. Yeah. Like the statistics. I was, I was reading this, so I didn't come up with this myself, but I, I read a quote uh, that um, in today's society, the most uh, valuable um, um, metric or the most valuable uh, thing that we we have today is not time, it's not money, it's not energy, but it's attention, because we're so drive attention. Like everything is asking and requiring our attention. Like our phones are going off all the time, and yeah. there's a lot on our agenda. So when we actually able to give our attention, it's one of the most valuable things that we can, we can give to our friends. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. Yeah, so true. So, a quick tip. Yeah. When you're hanging out with your friends or your spouse or yeah. some, someone else, your mom, yeah. put your phone away, take that picture for Instagram, yeah. do it quickly. Then turn it off. Then turn it off and put <laughs> it in your bag or yeah. in your pocket yeah. and give them your full attention because they yeah. need it. Yeah. 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 I think, I think the last, last thing to share before we hand over back to, to Pastor Steve is that um, one thing that we can do when we give, so, so we write cars, we we make food, and, and there's something specifically that you can give. Because yeah. I, I really believe that God made us all uniquely. We all have a specific gift on our life. Uh, maybe there's something you're good at. Maybe there's something you love doing. And, and when our friends need something, maybe we don't always have to make it very complicated. Yeah. Like if you would ask your friend, what can I do for you? If they have a lot on their mind, you don't want to be asking them to think about another thing. Yeah. Right? So you just offer what, whatever you're good at. Just offer to make dinner, offer to, you know, do takeout, offer to watch their kids, babysit their kids. Maybe just you can do something that you want to do, you want to give. Uh, and if we do that as a church, we actually lighten each other's loads and we carry each other's burdens. And I think yeah. that's a wonderful thing to be doing as a church. All right. Pastor Steve, we hand it over back to you. Well done. How helpful was that? Told you they were great examples. Um, turn with me to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18. And uh, I want to draw us into a thought about how we, or uh, the importance of fighting for friendship. So picking up on that last point there of theirs, and that was very practical, those small little ways that show you are fighting on behalf of a friend is very important. By the way, early Tuesday evening, we'll be doing a live Instagram chat for 15 minutes, um, extending these thoughts so you can tune in live. Not sure exactly the time yet, but look out for that. In fact, you can have us for dinner on Tuesday night. We can come to dinner in all of your places. You can stick 
You can break that rule. I agree with that rule, by the way. I try and keep my phone away all the time. But um, uh, you can have us on Instagram sitting on your table while you're eating dinner, and we can chat to you about friendship. Uh, because we really want to build into your world in this area. Uh, a little commercial break. Next Sunday, by the way, is God is Able. Uh, so we're going to be taking up an offering for some aspects of the future of our church. So just so you can be praying about that and what to give. We're believing for some breakthroughs next Sunday. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 18. And uh, here we have a passage that describes the relationship between David and Jonathan. At this point, David is uh, a, shepherd, a shepherd's guy, uh, newly recruited by the palace to bring some musical entertainment to the king, but he's very new to the palace. Jonathan is the prince. He's the son of King Saul, so he's uh, part of the royal family, and they have, found, uh, they have acquired a newfound friendship. Uh, they are of kindred spirit, like-minded, and and uh, I'm going to read a passage that, in a sense, is sort of loaded with emotion a little bit. It it's, goes a little deeper than maybe the average friend. But I believe we all need uh, a small, probably it'll end up being a very small circle of friends like this that we have almost a covenant relationship with. I totally agree that uh, there are friends for a season. And uh, as we move into a moment where we're going to pray for you about broken relationships, I'm not talking about friends that used to be friends, but now you've all moved on and it's a different season and there's nothing wrong between you. That, that's just life. That, there's nothing to fix there. I'm also not talking about friends that, uh, whereby you know you needed to end the relationship because they were not good for you. Uh, that's not a broken relationship either, especially if you've, if you've ended the friendship well. Uh, and so the art of defriending is also important. You can do it nicely and you can sort of allow things to drift apart, and that's okay as well. But we'll be praying for you in areas where you know there's a brokenness in the relationship. Uh, and it hurts deepest when you've got a friendship like David and Jonathan's. Uh, and here we go. Let's read this together. It says in verse 1, After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. That's a beautiful thing when you are one in spirit with a friend. As I said last week, within a, a really close friendship, you can walk along not even needing to be able to talk, having to talk to one another uh, when you're a close friend because you just enjoy each other's company. And you know you can talk about pretty much anything and everything, things that matter, things that don't matter, and it doesn't matter really what you're talking about. You just know it's so easy to talk because there's one spirit and he says, uh, and, he, and Jonathan loved David as himself. Now, that's a, an interesting thought because that's quite a dramatic expression to say that you would love someone as you would love yourself. Um, but, but if you think about it, that's probably true for all of you. You have done that for someone in your life. For me, I've done it many times, obviously, for my family. And that has looked different at different times for different reasons. Uh, in the past, there have been seasons, for example, where we've had no money, and, uh, and so I would go without in order to make sure that Lisby and the boys had something. So I would be the last to spend on me. By the way, uh, husbands, it's a good principle generally. Um, I don't believe in equality in family life. Uh, husbands, take the lead. Please stand up. Be a man. 
uh, take, pay the sacrifice. And so I, I would go without so that they could have. But, you know, it didn't feel like a sacrifice to me. It didn't feel like a big deal. It, it, it didn't even take any thinking about, of course, that's what, what I would do. And, and Lisby would do the same for me, wouldn't you? She's not here to reply, but I heard her faintly echo a yes right there from some, from a car. She's probably on her way. We would do the same for each other. That's what friend, friends do for each other. And there have probably been friends in your world for whom you've done that too. You've gone, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this for you. It's, it's going to cost me a little bit. I, but I'm treating you like I would like to be treated. I'm going out of my way for you in the same way that I know it would be valuable for me. That's how I would treat you. This is Jonathan's expression to David. Verse 2, he says, From that day Saul, that's King Saul, Jonathan's father, kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. He, he employed him in the palace. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Now, if you're an inquiring reader, you'd be wondering what he's left wearing. Uh, but let's not be inc too inquiring right now. Let's just put that out of our minds. He handed over his robe, his tunic, his sword, and his belt, and something else. His what? His bow. Yeah, his bow. So he, he, uh, now, Jonathan's a prince, right? He's wearing not just any old clothes. He's wearing royal attire. He's wearing his royal robe, and he's giving it to his best friend, David, as a declaration to say to David, I don't want you standing in our, sitting amongst our family having to wear shepherd's clothes. I'm here to elevate you to where I want you to sit and be. I'm going to help be part of your life in a way that believes in your future. And get this, he is believing that David will become a future king. That has a personal implication on Jonathan. Jonathan was in line for the throne. He was the prince. And yet he had the bigness of heart and the bigness of spirit to actually recognize that his father Saul was not being the king he needed to be and that David was called of God to do it. And whilst it affected him personally, he was still able to elevate the success of his friend David. That's what friends do. It's a wonderful thing when you can sit around with a small group of friends and actually feel happy with and, and smile at the fact that you've been part of the elevation of their success, that you've been part of their future. It's what we're meant to do. And there'll be times where you're having to fight those emotions on the inside, particularly times when you're really struggling in life and it's a little harder to elevate others, but you do it because you know friends are there for each other. And so Jonathan isn't just doing something kind and nice to David. In those days, this was a covenant ritual. It was not uncommon to exchange um, possessions in the process of making a declaration that this relationship is close. But this has another dimension to it. The greatest honor that you could ever receive would to be given something from a member of the royal family, and particularly close. And, and a greater honor still was when you were to wear those clothes. It was treated by those who had given it to you as a huge honor, and therefore a massive honor. 
Uh, what a brilliant uh, offering message by Sipka about honor. That was, that was awesome. To, to honor, to give attention to, brings a rest. It brings a sense of trust and peace into a relationship. And, and so Jonathan and David knew what it was to bring honor into their world. And yet it cost Jonathan something. It cost him potentially his relationship with his father. Now I think Jonathan handled it brilliantly. That's not easy sometimes, handling difficult family relationships. He's the son of a king who is a bad king, uh, who uh, doesn't honor God and doesn't honor people. And, and yet Jonathan knew as a son he couldn't just reject his father, but he had to balance the relationship carefully. He ended up still fighting for his father, but realizing that he was going to invest in his friendship to the point where it may mean that it would sever his family relationship. I, I just want to talk on this subject just for a minute because um, for some of you, this is a very real uh, experience for you uh, in that your family have not given you a good pattern to live by and you are not under any obligation to follow that pattern. Uh, family does not come first in your world in that respect. You, you are called by God to live according to the principles of the kingdom and according to the values that you create as, a, as now as a, a free-thinking adult that may or may not replicate your family background. If you've been lucky enough to have a really strongly godly principled home that you've grown in, this won't be talking to you right now. But for those of you who haven't, it may be that even your friends, and particularly your close friends, your almost covenanted relationships, will end up being a better pattern for you, a, a stronger bond for you than your family itself. Now, that doesn't mean that you end up severing a relationship. And this is where Jonathan does it brilliantly. He ends up still in the service of Saul, his father. He ends up honoring his father as far as he's able to, knowing that there may come a point where he cannot honor him anymore and the relationship will be broken. But he still ended up going to war with and for his father and yet still honored his friendship above his relationship with his father. Genius. I, I reckon one of the greatest prayers we could ever pray is a prayer that asks God, God for wisdom. Because if we need wisdom in anything, it's in our, it's in our interaction with each other. It's in our human relationships. Uh, and, it, and it's amazing how God would drop a thought into your mind or a shift of heart as you're praying that prayer, God, give me wisdom. And, and, and you, find yourself knowing quite, you find yourself knowing how to navigate that situation. That's my prayer for you. But in this relationship, what were they doing? There was, a, there was an exchange of gifts that says, um, I will believe in you. You are of equal status to me. I will celebrate your success. You are a great pattern for me. I will provide for you. And he gave him his sword and his bow, and I will fight for you. It is so important to have people you can fight for. You have been born a fighter. You have been born a warrior. There is a spirit of the warrior in you because God has made you in his image, and he has all throughout history fought for humankind. He's fought for relationships. He, he's, he's fighting for you right now. He's on your side. He, he's fighting for reconciliation and restoration to the point where he says to you and I as we become believers, I also share this ministry to you of reconciliation. He says, go be a minister of reconciliation. That's our job. That's our work. That's our focus is to mend and reconcile relationships. And so 
I, I just want to acknowledge right now that for some of us, whilst uh, the attaining of the type of relationship I just described is what we want, it's not necessarily what we have, or it may be what we've had, but it's been broken. And if that's you, in just a moment, I want to pray for you. But just to help encourage you that you're not standing alone, let me share with you quickly two stories. One of the Apostle Paul and his best friend, Barnabas. Very similar relationship to Jonathan and David in that Barnabas was the one who elevated Paul to where he was. Paul would not have been an apostle without the, without the uh, open door that Barnabas gave him to the other apostles, the encouragement that Barnabas gave him. He elevated they, um, uh, Paul's life. They traveled together. They would have stayed together, taken the same flights together and, and, the, and stayed in the same Airbnbs together. They did life literally together until one day they had a huge, the Bible says, a huge falling out. Uh, I, I love the way the Bible doesn't hold back from emotion. It expresses the deal as it was. They had a, a, a huge parting of ways. They had a fight over another friend called Mark. And, uh, and Barnabas, the ever-encourager, said, Now, Mark's a good chap. Let's have him with us. Uh, let's believe in him. And Paul, who had sacrificed everything for the call of God, who had sacrificed everything. And I think, as, as Louis was saying, sometimes we can place the expectations we have on ourselves on other people. And I, I get a sense that with Paul's sort of ambition, he's placing that on other friendships. And as soon as he got a signal from Mark that he wanted to go home and visit his family for a bit, he's going, You're a slacker. I don't want anything to do with you. Out of my life. And there's Barnabas fighting for Mark. He's all right, Paul. He's all right. We should have him with us. Let's encourage. And they had this argument. Barnabas and Mark go off on their journey, ministering. And Paul and Silas go off on their journey, ministering. Thank God for the grace of God that we can continue to operate even when there's something broken in our world. But wonderfully, if you read in Colossians 4 and 1 Corinthians 9, you'll read the end of the story where Paul starts talking about Barnabas with huge affection sometime later. Talks about Barnabas, in fact, includes Barnabas as one of the apostles. Even though you and I don't know Barnabas as an apostle, Paul, using his language in that letter, starts including Barnabas as one of them. He had become such a dear friend to him. They did not let that big, huge argument be a permanent damage to their relationship. At some point, they began to fight for each other again and reconcile and mend. This happened to Lisbon and I uh, many years ago. We took on, or asked to take on a church in uh, England. We were elevated amongst a circle of very close friends, but well, particularly one couple. And the moment that happened, all hell broke loose, and, and those other three couples uh, uh, were uh, against, fought against us, uh, and our close friends spoke out against us. And it, it's, it, was a, it was a very hurtful moment. And yet, at the same time, probably partly the making of us in that, as you know, when you go through a moment like that, you have to dig a little deep to be able to forgive and continue to stand there with them watching you as you preach. It, it's uh, an interesting uh, scenario. But we, we dug deep. And to be fair to them too, they did also, uh, this, this couple, in that them and us did everything that mature people should do and yet it didn't quite fix it so we sat in a room together and we tried to talk and apologies were made and, and I went out to the pub with him one night and we, we would talk a little and 
catch up and try and make it like old times, but it, it just wasn't. And we knew and they knew that this just was not what it was. Uh, we, we, were the, we were the David and Jonathan type relationship. And then, uh, and then we moved here and uh, we, in fact, in, in our hearts, there was, still, there, was, there was nothing broken. You need to understand that we had reworked it through and forgiven and let go. And, and probably for them as well, because uh, a few years later, I get a call from him and uh, he, he says, look, I, I, I was sitting in a training session at work and God spoke to me and convicted me of, of how we treated you and I really want to apologize, which tells me that up until that point, he, he, he like us, probably thought we'd done all we could to repair and yet there was another stage we could go to to bring restoration. And uh, as you can imagine, that brought huge healing into our lives and, and, and theirs as well, I trust. Uh, now, geography has meant we've not been able to keep up that relationship, but if they were living here today, we'd probably be still best of friends because hearts were mended. I share that story with you to show you that it's so important to fight for your friends. I share that story with you to show you that it's so important to do all that you can Paul says in Romans, uh, he says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That is to say that sometimes it's not depending totally on you. You do all you can do. You, you, you make the move. You say, can we, you know, do you mind if we just talk about this? And if there's any apologies to make, you, you make an apology and you reach out and you do what you can do, which is what we all did. We didn't fully mend it. But even a 50% healing at least brings some peace for everyone to move on. But finally, there's a, a place once you've forgiven and, and you've tried what you can where you just need to trust God. We just need to go, God, we place this in your hands. And, and you never know. There may come a point where just out of the blue, God works a restoration. And so could we stand to our feet? Because... There'll be some of you here today and you're carrying a brokenness like I've just described. Maybe worse than I've described. Maybe not as serious as I've described. Maybe it's a family relationship that is broken. Maybe a, a break between a marriage relationship or with children. It may be a break in a close friendship as I, I've just mentioned. It may be some other type of relationship that is broken and you won't need to be thinking too hard about it. <laughs> it will be somebody who comes to mind real quick. And so if no one comes to mind, please don't go searching. It's, it's probably that there is all peace in your life. That's great. But for some of you, you need, you need us to stand with you. You need to know that there is a friend on a platform here right now saying to you we believe in you we love you we want to elevate you we want to see you succeed and we want your heart mended so we're going to pray for you in just a moment I'm going to ask you to come out if that's you please please, please don't be embarrassed to come out there would have been times in my life it would have been me on that altar be times in the life of others here whose relationships are now healed who would have been on that altar. I'm talking to every single one of you. If you've never had a broken relationship, that's wonderful. It, it, I hope it never happens, but it's, uh, 
It's unrealistic to think it wouldn't. But here, here's the point. Just because trust has been broken once, it doesn't mean that you can't trust again. People break our hearts, but it takes people to mend our hearts too. God forgives us, but people heal us. You need others in your life. And so I'm daring you to trust again. I'm daring you to take a moment to be vulnerable and say, I need this. I, I cannot distrust any longer. Maybe distrust in relationships is something you struggle with because trust was once broken. But can I ask you, please... Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past, and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.